All right, well, we are going to get into hearing from our special guest tonight. Uh, Dave McNaughton is a good friend and fellow pastor. He pastors the Link Church in Canton, Massachusetts. But Dave has also, for a long time, been involved in the world of finance and currently uh, leads Thrive It Financial in Canton, Massachusetts. So I wanted you to be able to hear from Dave tonight, not only because he's a great guy and a very good pastor, but also uh, because he has this experience. And Thrivent is a pretty amazing company doing some pretty amazing things. And maybe you've never heard about them, uh, but you'll get to hear a little bit about them tonight. So would you welcome Dave as he comes? Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks, Brian. How's everybody tonight? Okay, I'm going to need some help. So this is uh, uh, kind of my, my whole life I've been on teams. And so part of what I need out of you tonight is kind of some feedback, okay? So there's gonna, this is, I look at this as an opportunity for, it's interactive. So, you know, we're, the, I just want to kind of want to set that stage for us. Um, the second thing is I just kind of want to jump into our topic here tonight. I want to kind of open up with this, with this concept that there's, a, there's an author by the name of Bill Hanlon who's a therapist. And uh, his, he's a big, he, he uh, subscribes to a therapy uh, system called solutions-based therapy. Anybody familiar with solutions-based therapy? So here's, here's what, what's different about solutions-based therapy. Solutions-based therapy has nothing to do with digging back to the root. You know, if you've ever been in counseling, if you've ever seen a, ca a therapy session on, on, on a television show, anyone that you've, any place that most of the time, whenever you've seen a therapy depicted, they'll say, well, what do you think that you're, you know, digging back to maybe that was a mother, you know, an issue with your mom or your dad, or think about it goes back to a, an issue in your past. And solutions-based therapy is very different because it says, Forget trying to dig back to the, to the root cause. What can you do today to make a difference in your life tomorrow? So we're not going to be talking about solutions-based therapy, but I love that idea as we think about our finances, as we think about this topic. So when Brian asked me what, what the topic, the name of the topic is, I love this topic. It's, it's, it's very simple. Do one thing different. Do one thing different, and what will happen as we take a step toward doing something, we can actually set ourselves on a path of progress. Many times, uh, I, I, I am a pastor, but I'm also, through the week, uh, I, I, I jump into the phone booth turn into Clark Kent, and I'm super, you know, I'm Superman. No, but there's, there, there's, there are these conversations that I get to have through the week. And I'll, I'll, I'll ask questions about, you know, your finance, the finances. And, and people will, they'll slowly but surely begin to open up. And one of the things that happens in that conversation is that, that many times people are paralyzed because they, they made a mistake in the past. They look at, uh, at that point in the past and they say, you know, if I could only go back to that one spot, my life would be a lot different now. We're not talking about digging back into the past. We're talking about today and what can we do from this point forward. Everybody say forward. So we're going to move forward with, with this, uh, from this talk today. There, I, my goal for this 
for this presentation is that you will have one thing that will help you move forward in your financial journey. Does everybody sound like a good idea? So, so you might say, well, how could you have a prescriptive plan uh, because everyone in the room is probably in a different place in their financial journey? How could, you, how could we prescribe one thing? Well, and that's a great question because we all, we all need this, this, uh, this uh, approach to our finances. It's not cookie cutter. It's not like, hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and everything's going to be fine. But I believe that we can target in on a couple of areas. We're in different phases of, of the journey. So I look across the room, and I think, okay, there's probably some people. Maybe, maybe we'll just, this is where interactive uh, opportunities. Some people uh, that, are, that have young kids at home, right? So maybe, maybe no kids. So, or you're going to have to help me here a little bit. So, so where are you in the journey? How many are, are thinking, have someone or you, you're thinking about college right now? So is that something that you're looking toward in the future? Like you have someone that's going to college or that you hope to send to college? Anybody like that? Okay. So what about, what, what about uh, uh, little kids or young kids at home still? Yeah, okay. Got those. All right. Um, how about are thinking about or just launching into retirement? How many would like to retire someday? Okay, that's uh, hopefully. So, so we're going to talk about a couple of different scenarios here. We're, we're, my wife and I are in a new phase of our lives. It's, it's an interesting phase because in a lot of ways, um, I just want to describe it how, how this, this has happened. We've been married 38 years, and we have, uh, you know, it just seems like yesterday that she was 19 and I was 20 and she was walking down the aisle. And then it tur- we turn around twice and we have kids and then career. And we're looking at this new phase. This week, uh, she was uh, reading about the places that you can get uh, reduced priced uh, meals when you eat out. When you, when you reach a certain age. And she saw this common theme all the way through. It was like 55. You get, to, you get these reduced price meals. And she was like, oh, man, why, the, what, 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 why do we have to wait five more years? And then it occurred to her that we were past 55, and we should have already been doing that. And she had forgotten that she's almost 58. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's a sign <laughs> that we may need to check into like a special special memory loss clinic or something like that. But, but here's the, the reality is it happens quickly. She said, you know, it felt like uh, in my mind, I was thinking I was still 50 because that's how quickly time flies. My theory on time is this. When you're five, a whole year is 20% of your life. But when you get to be 50, it's like turn around twice and it's another year. And talking about time, uh, it, can, it, it is something that we need to have on our side when it comes to money. So doing one thing different, I encourage you not to wait. Don't pass go. Well, collect the $200 if you tithe on it. That's, just that little, that's the pastor humor there, right? Um, uh, there, there are... There, but. Doing something today is really important. Taking that step today. 
Everybody say, take a step. Take a step. Uh, speaking of today, there, there's something powerful. The reason why I'm really encouraging you to do something today is because there's this thing called the time value of money. And it's all about compounding power. So what happens when you invest money, you're hoping to get gain on it. But as, you, as, that, as that money increases, there's also interest or growth on that money. And then you, the good part about this is when there, this process called compounding is that you're getting growth on the growth. So let me just illustrate it like this. I love to, tell, to, to illustrate the idea of compounding and why it's important to start today. Because uh, my dad, who was born in 1925, just passed away, so it's, this is kind of fresh. Uh, if his parents would have invested $1,000, no other dollars going into the market, but invested $1,000 at the day of his birth. I'm really, I'm really upset that my grandparents didn't do this because, because when we start talking about what the, what, if, that, if those dollars would have gained on average what the market has done over those, over those 92 years, I would, uh, I would be in a much different place financially. Our trust would have been much larger. <laughs> It wasn't bad, but it was, there would have been a much different picture because, the, because of the power of time, the compounding of $1,000. So here's, here's what, what's happened, what happened over that 92 years. I'm going to ask you what you think that number is. So those of you that are, don't, don't, pull, your, don't pull your compounding calculator out right now. But here's what, I want you to, uh, here's what I want you to think about before we think about the number. Um, in that time frame was 1929, the biggest stock market crash in the American market. Also during that time, there were some other uh, highs and lows in the market. There were also world wars. There were wars in Korea and Vietnam. There, were, there was the Gulf Wars and all of those things that all ca came into that. And those all have impact on our economy and the markets. But if $1,000 went into the market without any other dollars going in, and you see, the growth of the market isn't a straight line we wish that it was, but there are these ups and downs. Any idea what that average year over year, that growth of those, not the, not, we're not going to get to the total yet. Any idea what the growth of that, of that market has been, the, of the U.S. stock market on the average has been over that 92-year period? Higher. You said six. Who else? Can I, can I have a seven? How, not 12. Oh, let's go between. 9.8. Almost 10. 9.8% over 92 years. Not a straight line. Lots of ups and downs, but that growth, $1,000 would have grown with the growth on the growth to how many dollars? Any ideas? Millions? 
A million? Who else? He said, somebody said 10, a little lower than 10. So go, 4.5 million. $1,000. What can time, what can time do? If we act today, I'm not selling you something today, so don't worry, right? But what I'm trying to do is help us get the idea that there is one step. And one step is important. Um, there's, there's this, um, this, so it's four, four, four and a half million dollars. Um, I really wish my grandparents would have done that. <laughs> However, that did not happen. And we're here together today to talk about <laughs> what's next. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about a couple of different phases of life as it relates to our finances. So there are people probably in this room um, that have kind of been, have faced some unexpected circumstances in your life before financially. Anybody ever, is, is it just me? Or have you ever had that moment when you said, man, I, we've, we thought that that money that we had saved all through the year that we were going to go on vacation with that, uh, that now we realize that now we have someone that's going to, the, going to the hospital. So all of that savings went to that place. Anybody had one of those moments? So the, the, there are hiccups along the way. And so, you know, there are, there, there's an interesting statistic. Um, there, there are uh, 50% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Half, half if, if, if we split up the room, you'd say half of us are living paycheck to paycheck. And there, there's another stat that says 57% of the people in America uh, so at some time during this year will carry a balance on their credit card. So this phase that we're talking about is that if you're in that phase, it's not something to say, oh my goodness, you're, you're in a horrible place. No, we have to take a step, though, toward moving out of that phase because if you have, if you say, if you have the, like, other, like another group of Americans that said, if you had a $400 expense, like I need new tires, you would not have the cash to do that. So maybe, one of the, maybe the next step for, for if you're in that place is to say, you know what, um, I need to put some money into an emergency fund. That's, this phase is called the save more, spend less phase. That, that, uh, there, there, are, there are some opportunities to, that I'm going to give you some kind of an action step uh, uh, hand, handout that we're going to do in just a second um, that, uh, that will help you think about maybe some ideas about how you could do that or maybe some ideas have sprung up in your brain about how are we going to take that step in that phase where we're saying, hey, this is, I'm in the save more. Spend less. Sometimes we, we might be in more than one of these categories. Uh, the, second, the second one I want to call out is talking with kids about money. You better try to do that. Um, you know that your kids, your grandkids, in our case, are targets for television, internet, 
and app ads like crazy, right? Any, here, so here's, here's, an, here's one of those, here's one of those uh, uh, trivia questions. Uh, how many dollars are spent by parents and grandparents on kids in a, in a, in a given year, not for, the, not for the things that are the necessary things like food and shelter and education? How many dollars a year are spent in the, uh, in the American economy for things just to, to make our kids happy? Any ideas? It starts with a B. It's $208 billion, according to, and according to T. Rowe Price, uh, a study that they did. Over $200 billion. 200. Now, here's how that happens. They, they know that my grandson, Elijah, is going to come up to me tomorrow. And he's going to say, Poppy, here's what I need. And he says, I need to go to Dunkin' Donuts. Right? Because he's seen the ad running, right? I need to, so you really need, so we need to talk about need, right? We need to let you understand what need is and what one is. So there's, there's this marketing target that these kids are, right? So this is an interesting thing because who wants to say no to a six-year-old grandson or a two-year-old granddaughter who's like, hey, Poppy, what are you doing? Like, I need a new necklace, Absolutely, you need a new necklace. So if you think about how, how our kids are focused, here, here's, a, here's an interesting stat about this phase of life. It's talking to kids about money. There's another study, so I'm going to tie a couple of stats in here to kind of give you a little bit of framework for this. Um, seven, over 70% of the parents, so when parents were surveyed about how they talked to their kids about money, you know, over 70% of parents are reluctant, reluctant to talk to their kids about money because they don't want to stress them. They want them to be kids. Makes sense. However, the hard part about that is that they're not kids very long. And who's going to train them about finance unless their parents do that? Who's going to train them? Well, the marketers are going to train them. Or someone else. Here's who they're, here's, here's who they're getting, having the conversations with uh, about money. They talk to their friends about money. About 44% in that same study, about 44% of them said they talk, talk regularly with their friends about money. Uh, who's, who are they learning from? So what would it look like if we took a few minutes and, ta- and, and had that conversation about uh, making smart choices? Now, what, what we're doing tonight is hitting high points on, on four topics. We have like a full workshop on this one right here, or on the previous one as well. A full, these are full one-hour uh, you know, go deep on one topic, but I wanted to introduce these areas kind of in a kind of in a general overview to say there there is something that we can all do today. Today, um, <clears throat> so how how do we start that conversation with money about money with your kids? How have you done it? 
just let's, let me throw out the question to you. What are some ways that you found to be successful to talk to kids about money? We're at the stage of doing chores and rewarding them for chores. Excellent. So there's some, there's some learning, some responsibility, and here's some, here's some reward for doing that. Okay, good. What else? Yeah. Right. Excellent. Thank you. What else? Yeah. We say if they want something, we don't say you can't, you can't afford it. We say how can we afford it? And then they have to come up with creative ways of earning money. So great. So how can we find a way to pay for that? Excellent. Excellent. What are, one more. Any other ideas? So there's, there's a, so there, if we, if we, if we did the one thing, uh, there could be a, a, a new outcome. I think, it's, I think it's important for parents and grandparents to realize it's, it is part of our responsibility to learn, to help, help kids learn about the, this important topic. It's, it's about teaching them stewardship. I remember when I was a kid, uh, we worked. Uh, my, my dad uh, was a big champion of, hey, you, he was kind of a pull yourself up by your own bootstraps kind of guy. Uh, we, we lived in the upper Midwest, a place called Nebraska, uh, the Go Big Red. And uh, so we, we, had this, we had this mindset that, you know, every, if you didn't work, it was, it was, it was a pretty much a, uh, you, weren't, you weren't thought of very highly, right? Like you, if you didn't work hard, uh, it, was, it was not ex- culturally acceptable, especially out in the country where our family lived. Like this little town of 300 people uh, in, in, the, in, in a place called Thomas County. It's a little town, little village called Thedford, Nebraska is where I, I would say my hometown is. My Facebook page says, I think, says Thedford, Nebraska. Um, so everybody worked. And you started doing jobs for money at a very young age. And you start to learn that value. And it's not a bad thing to learn. Jobs are important. And, and, and it's, it's a good place to, uh, to talk about what's next. And so every time I would go out and work, my mom would say, hey, you know what? Uh, the first thing we do with that every dollar is you give a dime to Jesus. Really? <laughs> I, this is the money I raised. I, I did this myself. No, he helped you do that. And so here's what we do. If you made 10, you give one. You got a lot more left, right? So we, we learned the tithe at six. We learned to tithe even on our gift money because our parents thought so strongly about learning these principles of stewardship. All right? So you don't have to do it that way, but that's kind of some ideas. So let's, let's move on to the third one. This uh, college is just around the corner, and uh, I can't remember. Did we have anybody in that category? College, yep. Some college or thinking about going to school. So um, let's let's little little question here. What's the average cost of attendance to college for for a in state pro- public school right now? Twenty five thousand. Exactly. You must have just gone through this. <laughs> you knew that. <laughs> So if you so the cost of attendance for 
public uh, education, 25,000. For private education, how much? 50,000. Okay. So here's the, here's the, um, here's what's interesting is the, and I see this regularly, that the college funding challenge is a retirement funding challenge in disguise. Because by the time that your kids are through college, like ours, we still have a bonus baby that's just about done. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't want to call her oops, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't, like, we didn't want to mess her life up, so we said, oh, she's a bonus, right? She came along eight years after the last one was born. We're like, oh, we just, sold, we just gave away the crib. We did all that other stuff. Now, bonus baby, she's about ready to get out of school. So here's, here's what happens. So when she graduates, we'll be 60. All right? So you don't, you don't think about that at the very beginning. So you think, okay, the kids are going to, they're, you know, like, it's all fun and games till you realize that it's old. Man, you're going to be old by the time that last one gets ready to get through, get through school. And Laura... We've told all the kids, hey, we're going to help you with undergrad. Grad school's on you, baby. None of them have gone yet. <laughs> right? So here's, here's what happens. At 60, how many years do you have until retirement? If you poured all of your resources into the college funding, what are you going to do for retirement? It can be a trap. And so you need to have those conversations about what you're you're going to take on in terms of responsibility and what they're going to have to think about. Uh, 97% of parents, almost 100%, think that education is a great investment into the future of their kids. And grandkids will throw, throw in there. Um, but 40, uh, over 40%, just about 41% of that bunny is, is covered by parents. So how, how are we going to pay for, for that? How are we going to pay for $40,000 of, of private school? Actually, uh, one of my daughters uh, is a financial aid uh, officer at Boston College. Their number is much higher, cost of education. So about almost $70,000. Okay? So the, so the question is, how, how are we going to approach that, uh, that number? How are we going to work together uh, to see that goal accomplished? Um, so a lot of parents will say, you know what? Our kids are getting scholarships. Like, we're going to save some money, but, you know, little Johnny, he's a stud. He's going to get a football scholarship. Well, let's do a little, just a little percentage here. Just talk about that just for a second. Uh, there are, how many know how, the, how many college sports in Division I, what sports get full rides? There's four of them. I'll give you the first one, football. Basketball. Men's basketball, women's basketball, women's volleyball. The only, the only score, sports in Division I to get full rides. So somebody said baseball. Baseball is an equivalency sport. 
So you have 27 players on the team. They have 11.7 scholarships. That's it. So the max that you can probably get to expect is maybe 30 to 40% if you're incredible. So how are you going to get the rest of that that college paid for? Got to have a plan. Do one thing different. So what's the college plan need to look like right now? What's that step? We need to have a plan to move forward. There's, there's, the, there's, this, uh, there's this other group of people that this wasn't our family. We all thought we were getting athletic scholarships. Most of us got some kind of athletic money. Uh, but then we had one sister who got an academic scholarship. She probably did better than all of us. But there's only a certain amount of that. The, there's, there's academic. So there's also this interesting thing is you shouldn't look at a sticker price of a college. Like cost of attendance, like sticker price on a car, uh, you can get a better deal if you, if you work through a process with financial aid. So there, there, there's a strategy, but part of that is just having the conversation up front. The, the fourth phase is getting ready for retirement, right? Um, so how, how, many, how many just, how many are just excited about thinking about, you know, how many years would that be for you, Brian? To, I saw that. You guys are... <laughs> my, my wife is bothering me. So... She's still talking, thinking about the bonus baby over here. <laughs> so how many years till, uh, till, till you get full retirement age? Uh, uh, 28. 28, okay. Who's, who's more than 28 years away? Okay. How, how many are less than 20? How about 10 years away? How, how about already there? Yeah, I see those guys. I saw Peter over there. So here's the, here's the, uh, the, here's the interesting thing. 50% of Americans right now have, a, have a less than $25,000 re- saved for retirement. That's not a lot. And most, but it's interesting that in that same study, um, well over almost 70% of that same subset of people who said, yeah, we don't have, we don't have any more, we have $25,000 or less, that group. Um, they, the, the, over se- almost 70 pe- 70% of the people thought that they would be able to maintain their lifestyle in retirement. And the, and the reason why they think that is because they haven't, they've never really worked through a process. And we, for us to be able to see what will happen in retirement is there, there's, a, there's a lot of really important uh, data that goes along with this and not going to bore you with all the stats, but here's what I, I want to say to you. There is uh, a greater chance of having the, the lifestyle that you desire in retirement if you make a plan and take steps toward that plan. All right. Here's, here's what I want us to do. Um, I'm going to hand out these, or here are these packets. Every, yeah, let's, we're, we'll, we have uh, four minutes, right? And so what I'd like for you to do 
There's actually, uh, this is a take home, but what I'd like for you to do is say, of all of those things that we talked about tonight, so there are, they may not have, there may not have been uh, one that particularly stood out to you, or it may have been one of those that you said, hey, uh, I need to, uh, you can go ahead and open that up. There's, I think, eight or nine, maybe 10 cards in here. Each, each one relates to a phase, okay? This is for you. You don't have to hand this in. This is, this is an action step opportunity for you, okay? So, like, if you're saying, hey, you know what? I'm, I need to do one thing differently in, uh, as I plan retirement or as I move into retirement, you would go to the card that says preparing for retirement or legacy, okay? Uh, if you're saying, hey, you know what? You, when you were talking about that save more, spend less part, that's the card you, that where you're at. If you're in that phase, pull that card out. And it's really, it's really something just for you to think about. So for instance, I have this save, uh, save more, spend less uh, card. If that's you, here's what I'd really encourage you to do. Write your name. I, Dave McNaughton, pledge to do one thing different. Everybody say, we do one thing different. Do one thing different. Starting today, and then check the box. What's that one thing you're going to do? What's that one thing in your particular area that you're going to do different? So as you're thinking about that, uh, we were uh, sponsored tonight by this company called Thrivent Financial. Uh, Thrivent actually is the company I work with. We're faith-based, Fortune 500 company. Uh, and our mission is to help Christians be wise with money so they can live generously. If you'd like, uh, if one of those check boxes might, be, you might say, hey, I, I want to talk with a financial uh, planner, uh, I'd be happy to meet with you. Or if you know someone that you already work with, go see them. But if, but if you'd like to explore, uh, you know, just having a conversation, there's no, no charge up front. We just uh, ha- we'll, we'll have a, a complimentary uh, first look and just see how, how we can help you move forward. It's been awesome tonight. I really appreciate the, the time that you have uh, invested. There's a card in one, there's one card in that packet that I'd really love to get back from you, and it's an evaluation card. If you would take a second, it would really help me as I, um, as I do these types of presentations to be able to um, see how I could grow and begin to continue to develop. Hey, it's been uh, awesome. I appreciate the opportunity. Brian, thanks for having me come out tonight. Thanks, Stay here one second. Sure. One second.